I'd like to give a big shout out to the Hoodoo Gurus who have given us permission to use part of their song, That's My Team, as our new podcast episode intro for all of their music. And whenever they are going live or performing live, head to their Facebook and their Instagram. The links will be in the description below. Be sure to give them a like and a follow as well on Facebook and Instagram. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Final Tackle Podcast, and I'm CJ, and we're joined today by current Rabbitohs prop, um, powerhouse really, he's a, bi- he's, he's a big forward, he's six foot four, his name is Mark Nichols, thanks very much for joining us here today, mate. Uh, thanks for having me, I think um, powerhouse is a bit generous. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, you're, you're a big bloke, as in standing at six feet four, 104 kilos, and managing to top the whole squad and coming third in the cardio test. Can you tell us about that and how you managed to, like being such a tall bloke, you know, and being a prop, how does um, how do you keep up the cardio and the fitness level? Yeah, I've, I've sort of always um, always been a f- pretty fit um, bloke, I guess. Yep. E- early on, um, yeah, as a young guy coming through, I realised I probably wasn't as um, quick and powerful as, uh, other guys and I definitely wasn't as strong as a lot of guys in the um, in the gym and uh, fitness was sort of one of the things I was always good at so it was always my strength so I guess I've always tried to uh, to make sure um, you know it's something that I keep strong and um, you know make sure that that's the, the thing that puts me ahead of other guys yeah um, yeah when it comes to but, selection but, time and whatnot. yeah yeah you know I um I'm obviously not going not going to be as strong as powerful as a, a bloke like Tom Burgess or Junior Totola, but um, you know if I, I you know if I'm fit, then that's something that I might have. Yeah, uh, like you've got the endurance as, to as play the, all the eighty sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but this this year I actually benefited. I, I had my shoulder done um, in the off season, so I was doing I was doing a lot of running on the side. Um, which, which when we when we came back, I think it was in January, we we came back and tested and um, and yeah, I, I, I sort of I think one of the young um, halfbacks, I think it might have been Blake Taff and yeah. um, or might have been Dean Hawkins and and Dane Gagai topped the backs and then me and Damien Cook topped the forwards. Oh wow! Sort of sort of surprised a, a few of the um, Turns heads, yeah. stuff, but. But it was it was probably because all I'd been doing before Christmas was running because that's yeah. all I could do. So um, no, that, that's fair enough. So continue. Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, that that's good stuff. Actually, um, by the way, that that one was one of the questions by beloved manly. Uh, manly, fuck. Why am I talking about manly? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but beloved Rabbitohs, um, borough member, uh, Damo Batty. Um, he also wants to ask. Did you find it difficult to break into first grade, given that a you're a bit of a late bloomer, getting your debut around 23 years old or 25 years old, and um, you know coming from country rural? Do you did you find it? It may have been a bit easier if you'd have been a, a city boy. Uh, well, I actually I grew up in the country, but I left uh, with my family. We moved from Leeton to. Uh, Canberra when I was 14. Oh, okay. Um, so it was, pro- it was probably good timing because um, I played, I, I, I tried out for ACT schoolboys under 15s the yep. first year we were in Canberra and then sort of from there the Raiders um, every year identify some guys that they want to come and try out for their Harold Mats. Yeah. Um, 
squad at the end of that year, uh, obviously going into under-16s the following season. So from there, I, I sort of they sort of said, oh, look, we'd love you to come try out and got picked. And, um, and that's where my sort of football career started coming through the grades at Canberra. Yep, um, going through so, the mats and under-21s and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I sort of played hard maths, this year ball, 20s, a um, couple of years of reserve grade, and then I debuted at 22. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, 22, sorry, yep. Under, under um, Dave Fernal was the coach mm-hmm. back then. Um, and then sort of spent a few years, spent, well, more than a few years actually on the fringe um, trying to establish myself uh, as a first grade footballer and sort of played a handful of games here or there, but uh, mostly reserve grade and then uh, probably wasn't until I, I came to South that I was was able to establish myself as a as a first grader. So like like I said, I was probably probably fortunate. We actually moved. Um, my sister was a really good swimmer, and oh, wow. um, growing up in a country area, there's obviously not heated pools in in winter. And yeah, my sister's a couple of years younger than me, and mum um, and dad sort of had made a decision that for for her the best thing would be to move to a bigger bigger area and um dad was pretty adamant that he didn't want to move to the big smoke so like, like sydney and camp. all that <laughs> yeah yeah so most people you know sort of pay out canberra for being a big country country town but when we when we first went to leeton i thought oh this place is massive you know like oh, wow. they've, got, they've got kfc's everywhere and, <laughs> uh, yeah but then then i you know growing up i sort of was I was adamant that I'd never live in Sydney. Um, as a kid, I sort of was like, come to Sydney for sport and stuff, and yeah. it just seemed so big. But, you know, as footy has given me opportunities sort of now to go live in Melbourne for a couple of years and now come to Sydney and, you know, we've sort of me, my um, wife now, and, and um, just had a little bub. So we've oh, settled into, into Sydney life. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, we're sort of in the inner west and we sort of, you know, love it here. So it's funny how life funny. turns out. Yeah, I was going to say it's funny how it pans out. Um, now, obviously, um, given the things that are going on in the NRL at the moment with the COVID restart and all that, um, how was your routine and was it thrown off in general during the COVID um, crisis? Obviously, you mentioned like, you know, you were doing your running in December, you know, getting ready for a preseason, the nines, all that jazz. And then obviously... Um, for lack of a better term, and I'm probably going to have to bleep this out, but shit went sideways for the NRL real quick um, and yeah. many sports in general. How did you cope with that? And how, you know, um, did the Rabbitohs in general cope with that? Um, just, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think like everyone, it was it was just chaotic. It's sort of, you know, no one, I guess no one's ever experienced it um, in, in all of society. So it was sort of, you know, it was, it was crazy to think it going into round one, sort of, you know, ScoMo was saying he was still going to go to the footy and then... Yeah, he was. And you know, then... Almost a week later, round, we played round two and then all of a sudden the season was called off and it was, it sort of just, it was, you know, just come out of nowhere and mm. um, it was, it was, um, it was, it was obviously a different um, time and, and me and Perry, my wife, we were expecting a baby mm. um, yeah, the late may so 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 we were sort of you know it, it, she ended up coming a few weeks early early may but she came in sort of the middle of it all and oh. um you know like congratulations like everyone, but, it, but oh that's brutal yeah yeah it was it well as as um 
you know, new new parents, we sort of haven't. We were our prenatal classes got cancelled, and Perry's oh. uh, appointments started getting cancelled, and we sort of, you know. We were a bit. I don't know. We went into the birth, whole birthing process a bit naive. Kind of blind so a little bit was, as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether it was a good thing or a bad thing for <laughs> us, but you know, it's um. It, in the end, it, it was. It turned out being a pretty good thing for us because um, we were sort of locked inside. So that first, those first month after um, Darcy was born, you know, it was only sort of us three at home, and we got a lot of time to just um, spend with her, and we didn't yeah. have to worry about. Um, you know, it, it was obviously disappointing that family couldn't come see her and stuff like that, but it, it meant that we were able to get her in a routine. And, exactly, yeah. Um, got, I guess the silver lining is we got to, well, you know, it was just us, as selfish as that is, we got to... No, no, it's, it's, um, it's by all means be selfish. You're, you're a new dad, you know, new, new parents. And, yeah. And that's, that's what you want. And obviously a lot of NRL players and professional sports persons, when they do have kids have to struggle with that, you know, going to work every day and then playing, you know, example, if you were to play over in New Zealand for a week, you'd be away for a week or two and then you'd come home, whereas you were able to spend that whole first month, you know, with, with, with her and with your wife and all that. Yeah, well, we, um, she, so she was actually born, when when we got the go-ahead to go back to training, um, she was born that week. So oh, I wow. Her, so I, I, I missed that first week of preseason, and then... Um, we actually had a bit of a we had a bit of a hiccup. Um, my I so I missed that first week, and then the second week I went back, and I think I'd only done one session back. Mm-hmm. Uh, might have been the second session that I was back, and I got home in the afternoon, and um, sort of Perry was was she she was really weak, and um, she was really really hot, and she was sort of feeling really really crook, and um, we sort of, she sort of said, "Oh, look, I've rang my doctor. She said come up." when you get home and we'd, I drove up to the to the doctor and at that stage we sort of weren't really allowed to do you know we weren't allowed to we were only allowed to leave our house for training sort of thing and yeah. so I sat in the car with the with the bub and Perry went in and she came straight out and said I've the doctor said take me straight up to emergency and, and she said you know I've, she thinks I've got a really bad infection and, and you know it's like coming out of nowhere it sort of a, it was really starting to get bad so I yeah. rushed her straight up to the hospital and didn't really think anything of it at the time, but the next morning, I, you have to fill it out. We have to fill out an app every morning and yep. say, you know, whether we have symptoms, whether anyone in the house has symptoms. When she got a was definitely displaying somewhat symptoms. Yeah, well, she was sort of. Um, she basically had a had an infection that would that had oh. given her a fever, which is sort of one of the main indicators of COVID. So yeah. I filled out the app, um, not thinking too much of it, and then all of a sudden. I had the doc ringing me and the doc had the NRL ringing him and they're sort of saying, what's going on? I said, oh, I had to rush my wife up to hospital last night. And um, and they were really worried that I'd maybe come into contact with someone at the hospital that could have gave me COVID. So mm-hmm. I actually had to had to then go isolate for oh. a week and couldn't go, couldn't go back to training at all or couldn't leave the house. So um, I, had this, I, had a, I had a sick wife up in hospital and she was trying to, you know, still breastfeed, obviously, at the start, it's really important for the baby to yeah. to be um, breastfed, and I was sort of had been told I wasn't allowed to leave the house. So, um, <laughs> so you can even go see your wife at the hospital. Yeah, so luckily my mum, she was down at Wollongong, and she could take take the time off work to come and help Perry with the baby and stay with her in hospital. And um, 
the club was the club was really good. They organised a um, a bike and some weights and stuff, so I could still train at home. And, yeah. Um, but unfortunately for me, it meant that I missed two of those three weeks basically that we had to get ready for yeah. round three, um, which was a bit a bit of a setback for me personally. Um, and yeah, it was it was just a chaotic time, but um, you know, I completely understand why the NRL had to do what they did and. Um, you know, I think from their part, they understood why I did what I did. But yeah, for um, sure. I guess the, the game, the safety of the the bubble that we've created and the game came first. And um, at that stage, we sort of weren't really allowed to do anything. So and obviously, um, it wasn't COVID either on your end or your wife's end, which is first of all the best turnout. And how's your wife doing now? Yeah, she was she was fine after a couple of days in hospital. They oh, that's good. Put her on. Um, on uh, drip and whatnot, and then yep. gave us some um, some stuff, antibiotics yep. um, to take a, a course of that to take when she came home, and um, and the bub the bub was fine. She didn't miss a beat. So that's good. Um, yeah, in the end, it was it was all good. That's hectic, though. So that's crazy, ass dude. Far out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was it was a crazy time. It was. Um, yeah, looking back now, I sort of can laugh at it, but um, at the time... I yeah, but at the time, you were like, oh, shit, do I have a job? What's going on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. far out. Yeah. But no, that, that was also oh. really good that the Rabbitohs got, like, helped you and, and backed you, you know, during your, um, you know, for lack of a better term, ordeal, you could really say. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Uh, yeah, no, so I had to, um, had to get a couple of COVID tests. Um, yeah. To- Obviously, to prove that I didn't have it, but once once I was all once I got the all clear, I came back to training. But um, yeah, it was definitely definitely a crazy time when it was all happening. Oh, that's for sure. Um, and given COVID and the rule changes and whatnot, um, what are your thoughts on the six again? And what are your thoughts on the one ref? Well, go, going back to one ref on the field now. Yeah, I think uh, I think they've been obviously they've been great changes for the I think spectacle of the of the game i remember that first thursday night i think it was para and uh, someone else played it yeah and the, the game was just it just went from end to end i think it just did. getting rid of those um you know the penalties just make it so stop start if you get 15 or 20 penalties in a game it it's, you know it can get you, really, may, you maybe get 45 maybe 60 minutes of footy if you had all those penalties yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I think um yeah i think i think they've been great um you know, I, I think the um, it's just made it better for the punter at home watching the game. You know, oh, just for sure. Fly, fly a bit better. Oh, um, I, I know. I can personally say that I was getting uh, last year and the and the last few years. I'm, I'm not this year though. Obviously, um, I've been a bit. You know, oh shit. You know, I'd rather watch Super League as in English yeah. rugby league because it's a lot more flowing. And then now, obviously, yeah. with Valanders bringing back bringing the six again and the one ref, it's. Oh, the flow! As, as that, that's all. Honestly, I care about is the flow of the game, and it's so good. Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, no, I, I hundred percent, I agree. I think, um, yeah, I think we're just just seeing, you know, centers get the ball again. Oh, it's um, great. You know, with a bit of bit of space, which is and great. some of the and, and the forwards and props, you know, such as yourself, uh, are actually like running it up, and 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 a lot of the centers, as you were saying, the centers and the wingers are taking the ball forwards and giving the 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 forwards a, a bit of a break in a in a set of six, you know. Yeah, like very yeah, reminiscent think, uh, of like the Lottie Takiri days back in the early two thousands. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think, um, I think they've been, I think they've been great changes for the game. I'm, I'm sure, you know, from what I've read and heard, I think most people can agree that it's, it's definitely been a positive. Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't see any negatives from it. Um, well, yet anyway. And touch wood, yeah. it doesn't happen. Um, now let's get to some questions about your career in particular. Um, the coaches yep. and some of the coaches that you've had. You know, you've been uh, belly with Bellyache at Melbourne. You've been with David Ferner. Um, and now you've got obviously uh, Wayne Bennett. So two monumentally massive coaches, uh, Bennett and Bellyache, yep. and and also David Ferner in his own in his own respect. Pardon me. Who? Um, oh, I've got to try and word this. Um, because all, all, all I wrote was coaches. I didn't write the the exact question. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what it is is basically, um, which coaches as in what has Bennett brought out of ugh, word vomit? What um are the best traits that each coach has brought out of you? Um, and which coach have you gelled with the most? Um. Yeah, I think I think. Personally, for me, I um, I was I sort of I debuted under under Dave, and then um, you know I spent a lot of years on the fringe. Um, Ricky Stewart went down there, mm-hmm. um, uh, sort of what's that, twenty fourteen or something. So I sort of when he first came to the club, he sort of wanted his front row as you know big and running over blokes. Um, Powerful, you know, and I sort of wasn't really that player, and I tried to be that player. Um, but it just didn't what, suit you, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it just didn't suit my my style. I'd always been a you know a hard worker and probably more defensive based. Mm-hmm. Where he was sort of, he sort of said like, you know, said I want basically I want big front rolls, run over the top of blokes, and um, you know, I'd sort of try to try to do that. And then I went down to Melbourne, and it was probably when I went down to Melbourne that I realised. Um, you know my strengths as a player. I sort of um, went down there, and they're, they're a very—it's a very professional setup, and they've got great coaching staff. Their development staff down there, their development coaches—they work just as hard on the blokes on the fringe. You know, I yeah. think for years people keep commenting, "Where do they? Where, you know, Melbourne lose three or four genuine first graders every year, and they just get replaced." Same um, with the Roosters. It's they don't have a team; they have a squad. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's good coaching staff. And, oh, for and sure. And then when you when you develop that reputation, players are willing to go down there and, and develop. So for, for me personally, I sort of spent five years at Canberra and only played. I think I think by that stage it was nineteen games or something. Um, so I'll, I'll have a quick you know, look. yeah, yeah, nineteen games, yeah. Yeah, so I was only I was only sort of playing three or four games a year on average. Um, and, and the opportunity to come up to go down to Melbourne, and I was 25 at the time, and I thought, you know, so many blokes have gone gone down there and turned into better football players. Maybe, you know, I guess at the time it was an easy decision for me because I thought it seems to work for everyone else. Maybe I should <laughs> go down there and, and see what happens. And part of it was going down there and understanding, you know, my strengths as a football player and, and knowing that I I didn't have to I didn't have to be a big Sort of, I didn't have to be a Junior Paulo or a you know a Shannon Boyd or those guys that were getting a run ahead of me at Canberra. Mm. Um, you know, I could be a defensive player. I could work hard. You know, I could be the the, the player that I was, um, and that was good enough to get picked in an NRL side. And yeah, um, yeah, that was one of Craig's 
big things was, you know, whenever I played for Melbourne, he sort of he always said the same thing. He said, just when you're out on the field, no one works harder than you. That's that's the player you are. And um, and then I think going to South, that sort of gave me the confidence that, um, you know, that was the player I was. And, and when I first came to South, Steve, Anthony Seabar was sort of the coach and he was a bit the same. He sort of said, you know, we've got, we've got big, big blokes that run over guys in the front row. We don't need any more of them. Um, you know, we need guys that are going to work hard defensively and yeah. sort of find their front find their front in attack and um, get through a lot of work because that complements those bigger guys. Yeah, it um, does. It, 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 both, it makes both you, the, uh, the defensive um, forward, and the attacking forward jobs easier on each other. You complement each other's game and style um, by doing your jobs sort of thing. Exactly. So... I guess um, you know that that helped me um, going from Melbourne to South. But um, you know, I, I love Wayne. Um, you know, he, he's he's been great. He's just it's the Wayne Bennett effect, just, is what they say. Yeah, he well because I, I had nothing. I'd had nothing to do with Wayne until he came to South, and yeah. I remember you know, every sort of interview you watch of players, they all say the same thing. Yeah, I've interviewed Wayne. plenty of players who've been under him at the Dragons, at the Knights, at the Broncos, and they've even when he coached New Zealand and stuff, and they all say, you know, he's second to none. Sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah, he just—it's funny. He um, he just—he genuinely cares about every player. Um, you know, I, this is not a, a dig at other coaches or other no, no, of course you know, not. No. players or managers or anything. But, you know, someone will say, get 80 in the morning, how's your day, how's your week been or whatever. And, and you sort of just, it's you know, you make chit-chat. And you do that with, you see 30 blokes when you walk into a change room in the morning. So you can't genuine, have a genuine conversation with everyone. But mm. Wayne might only have one conversation with you a week, but then he remembers it four or five weeks later. Like, I, I oh, still wow. remember... One of the first convos I had with him, he'd asked me what I'd done on the weekend, and I said, "Oh, I made the mistake of going to Westfields with with my partner Perry because I said, you know, I wanted to get whatever it was, and um, and you know, being a bloke, I went into the first shop and got what I wanted, and then <laughs> I ended up being dragged around every second shop in the in the Westfields, and yep. um, you know, my my lovely partner Perry, um, yeah, <laughs> she sort of wanted to have a look at every second store, and I, I said something something to Wayne, and he made a joke about, oh, you know, you, you've got to be better than that, mate, you know, and then five weeks later, he sort of, it was a Monday, and he sort of said, oh, how'd you go on the weekend? I hope you didn't go to Westfields, and I had no <laughs> idea what he was talking about. And yeah, but and you, you remembered of, though, yeah. Yeah, I sort of said, oh, no, nah, I didn't, and it didn't hit me until 10 minutes later, I was like... <laughs> I told him that story, you know, five or six weeks ago. How does he even remember? But yeah. that's the kind of person that he that he is. He he genuinely does. He might only have a conversation with you once every two weeks, but he remembers it and he you know, he genuinely cares about his players and I think his his whole, you know, philosophy on, on footy and coaching is if if players are happy, you know, off the field then they're gonna perform on the field and I yeah, think that's for sure. Yeah, you know, I think that's where yeah, he's almost a father figure. A um, lot, everyone, a lot almost a lot, if not everyone, says that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's his, you know, that's his his greatest strength. And it's obviously, you know, why players just just love playing for him. They gravitate towards him. Yeah, he's he's very similar, like how you said. You know, players will hundred percent go and play for Melbourne, you know, because of their system and whatnot, will just as easily go and play for Bennett, no matter what team he's coaching, because of it's Wayne Bennett sort of thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, 
you know, and it's funny. It's it, you sort of before I before I'd met him, he sort of you know, he's obviously he puts out the different persona in the media. I think you know in his later years he started to have a joke, but he seems so crankier than that in the media. But he's completely different. <laughs> no, you know, I've, I've met him a few times. He's he's a lovely bloke. Um, anyone who yeah. who sees him in the media, definitely he's not that. He just, in my opinion, and I totally respect the way he handled the media uh, the other week with Latrell. Um, yeah, and, and and honestly, that's how it should be. He's always been like that with the media. And I think that's yep. he handles it so well. So then the Rabbitohs and any team that he coaches, because he's always been like that, regardless. So that he doesn't, um, you know, get. Uh, sorry, there's a thing going on with two dogs at the bloody top of my um, street. <laughs> sorry. Um, anyway, yeah, um, yeah. So how he handled the media the other, the other week with Latrell is how he's always handled the media, and I think it's wonderful. He's definitely not that person, but if he is, the, like being that person in the media it allows for the team that he's coaching at the time to have a lot more of a relaxed, you know, atmosphere. Not necessarily relaxed is, is the is the better word, but um, a, a less media pressure um, hype around the team throughout the week so they can get the job done sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's obviously been around a long time now, Wayne, and he's an experienced campaigner when it comes to the, comes to the media. And, um, you know, as a, if, if I'm... You know, what he did the other week from Latrell Mitchell, and, you know, I, I, I love him for what he did. Um, you know, and I think that was just his experience coming out. His experience and his, for lack of a better term, father side of things, you know. Um, you yeah, know, his, care, his care for his players. Yeah, for sure. That's his, that's his number one priority, and, you know, that was on display right there. And I, honestly, I, I think it's wonderful. Um, now, some fun questions. Uh, who's the jokester of the team? At the Rabbitohs? Oh, the jokester. I think, um, well, yeah, Renault's obviously a pest. Um, <laughs> Cody, Cody Walker's definitely another one who's a bit of a pest. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. Who, I, top of my head, I can't even think who, who I'd say would be the funniest bloke. Um, but they're two guys that you definitely try and avoid. Fair enough. Um, okay, then who's the one that is the most talkative at the club? Oh, you know, like as in I Mr. Have a Chat loves having a chinwag, you know. Uh, I, Kurt Kurt Dillon's uh, a guy that I love having a chat to. He always seems to he always seems to be pretty interesting. I think um, Cam Murray and Damian Cook they they're good for a. They're good for a chat, but I think they've got a bit too much money for me after some of the things they talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, most all the blokes, all the all the boys are great. Um, yeah, it's the best thing about being a football player is you get to go to work with you know thirty of your mates. Um, yeah. You know, we've all got, we've all had sort of similar up, you know, upbringings. We're all sort of, you know, for a, to say like we're all sort of working class guys. You know, our families have worked hard and we've had to work hard to get where we are and yeah for sure um, you know we all just love playing footy and it's the best thing about about being a footy player is you get to come in and, and spend the day with you know 30 you, you, you get to mates. train and play footy and get paid for it with your mates yeah exactly i i tell people all the time i'd i'd still be playing local footy you know if, i i I've always loved footy and always played it. I'd be playing local footy now if I wasn't playing NRL. And so, like you said, the best thing is I get paid for it. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, 
uh, footy and park footy as a kid. What team did you follow growing up? I um, I, I've dad and uh, my mum and dad will always. They've got a few photos of me wearing, um, you know, all kinds of jerseys growing up. But I, I, when I was about eight, well, I was I was eight. Um, the Melbourne Storm came into the competition. I can't even remember now why. I think one of the one of the players that went down there was, you know, might, might have been my favourite player at the time. But I sort of just, I sort of just said, oh, you know, I go for the Storm now. And um, in 1999, my dad is a mad Dragons fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we, so, you know, we growing up in Leeton. I, by that stage, I don't think I, I'd even been to Sydney and. Um, and you know, dad, dad been a mad Dragons fan. He wanted to go to that grand final, so we, he bought two tickets and um, we went to the game. And I was <laughs> I was nine years old at, at that stage. Yeah. I had me Melbourne jersey and me Melbourne flag, and and dad tells his story all the time. I'd by half, at half time I'd taken the jersey off and I put my flag under the chair, and I, I was actually begging dad to go home. I'd had enough, and yep. um, and dad was loving it. He was going, no, I want to stay. You know, I'm going to see the Dragons win the grand final for <laughs> oh. time in years. And, and he's thinking, there's no way I'm taking you home, son. And then, you know, obviously Melbourne started coming back. <laughs> I put the jersey back on and started waving the flag around and being that annoying kid. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. And then, yeah, from that day on, I was hooked as a, as a Storm supporter. And, um, you know, I was at that age, eight or nine, where you sort of pick a team and you and you work out that you're meant to pick and stick. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you you, you picked know, and you stick and you stuck. Yeah, yeah. And then it was it was pretty funny. Like as a sort of you know 13, 14 year old, I was pretty um, rugby league mad. Like my um, my nan and pop sort of lived five k's away from from us. And and back then Melbourne used to always get the two thirty um saturday game on fox and i used to ride my bike out every week to go watch them play and oh wow um, it was it was at that point that billy sort of started playing yep, and, yep. and cooper and cameron and then it was a bit of a surreal moment 10 years later to sort of be pl- get pulling a, get, on the boots a, with them yeah yeah get a chance to play with them i sort of you know it was it was crazy i had to think back you know 10 years ago or 15 years ago i was watching these guys debut on TV and now I'm getting to play with them and they're obviously by that stage they they were greats of the game yeah that's that's insane because I, I too was footy mad you know my dad would always go to work you know and he'd collect the packets of chips Tarzos from his workmates and bring them home for me I'd go to school yeah. and, you know me and my mates would trade you know this at the other oh they'd give me a ribbing yeah. because the I, I mean I'm a Broncos fan I was born in Brizzy um, so obviously yep. they're not going too well this year but um, they weren't doing two crash hot from like 2007 onwards but all my friends yeah. gave me hell um, and so yeah. one of my friends is a devout Storm fan and I went to the 06 grand final with my dad, very similar to yourself with the um, 99 yep. grand final. My dad was like, we're getting two tickets. We went and, oh, it was amazing. Um, yep. Obviously, if you're a Broncos fan, it wasn't if you're a Melbourne fan. But yeah, I yeah. literally, my my friend didn't go to the game though. But the week later, I went to school and I was like, hey, mate, so how'd Melbourne go in the grand final? And he was just like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <sighs> it's, it's, it's that, um, that passion for... For the sport, it's a great thing. It, it's so wonderful. It brings so many people together. Um, yeah. Let's go to for a few more fun fun ones. If you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, I don't know. I think it'd be pretty cool to be able to sort of fly or teleport. Um, I mean, with COVID yeah. going on, it definitely would be. 
as in because you wouldn't have to pay the prices of the flights or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know something like that. Pretty cool. Super strength, maybe. That yeah. helped me as a footy player. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, you, uh, you wouldn't want to drop the shoulder into anyone if you had super strength. Yeah, yeah, you have to just you know, go at 10% and still, <laughs> yeah. you know, and still... take some time <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 10% and you'd be JT, yeah. Oh, far yeah, out. That'd um, be great, actually. Pardon? <laughs> that'd be great, actually. That would be pretty great. Um, who was your league idol when you were growing up? Like, obviously, you mentioned uh, Cameron Smith and Billy Slater. Were they always your idols, or did you have someone before you started following Melbourne that you like? Sort of was like, I like which player when you were growing up made you realize I want to do that, as you know, sort of thing. Yeah, I think um, I, I think I, it was funny. I, I, I remember, um, you know. In school, at one stage, we had to sort of do a speech on, um, you know, our favourite person in the world, and, and I did it on um, Robbie Ross, who was the fullback oh, wow. in Melbourne at the time. Yep. Um, yeah, and then obviously Billy started playing, so I don't know why I, I don't know why I was um, fullback. I, I love fullbacks because I've always played in the forwards, um, but I guess um, you know, to, to sort of at that age where I sort of wanted to become a football an NL first grader, I remember sort of watching Ryan Hoffman and mm-hmm. um, and Nathan Pymarsh and and guys like that um, yep. start to play first grade and and um, and state of origin, and they were sort of players that I was, um, you know, as a 15, 16 year old, they, they were sort of players that I played like, and they were the guys I sort of looked up to, I guess, as you know, maybe they're they're sort of guys I could I could emulate. Um, but it could because coming through the grades, I was always an edge back rower. But it wasn't until I sort of um, started playing reserve grade um, just before I debuted that I sort of transfer, trans, uh, transferred into the front row. So they were sort of guys that I was like, you know, I wouldn't mind being like them. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, during your time in the NRL, which well, so far, which team has been the toughest to go up against physically? And which team has been the toughest to go up against mentally for you? Oh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not too, not too sure. I, I mean, the obvious ones there are obviously sort of Melbourne and and the Roosters. Just mm-hmm. you know, they've been they've been so good for so long. Um, you know, the Roosters sort of lately have been have been great. You know. I guess as a South Sydney player, um, you know they're always they're always big clashes. But I guess they're always you know the games that are easy to get up for because you know the rivalry's there yeah. and uh, you know how good they are. So if you're not if you're not up, then you know they're gonna they're gonna hurt you. Um, and you know Melbourne are just so clinical. I guess you know you sort of you just know that they're gonna turn up every week. Um, so you sort of have to be on your game. Um, so probably like, they're obviously the obvious choices, but yep. um, they're two they're two, two two great teams for the last you know five ten fifteen. I was going to say been doing it ages. they've been doing it pretty much since they started. Really, they've never not had yeah. a bad season since '98. Yeah, like '98 yeah, no, they I made think, the yeah. prelim, I think, in '98, and then they yeah. won it the next year. Yeah, and there's something. I, well, I don't think I don't think they've ever missed the finals under Craig or something now. No, it's, yeah, they haven't. Three or four or whatever it is. So it's it's, a, it's amazing. But having been down there, I, it does not surprise me because they it's a very professionally run club from the from the top to the bottom. Um, 
you know, and they and they have a work ethic that's second to none. I, I I remember when I went from Canberra to Melbourne and I started training. It was almost like when I'd gone from twenties to first grade at Canberra. You know, it just seemed that the the skill of the players was better. It seemed like the intensity of training was just that little bit better. And mm-hmm. um, and you know, you know that we sort of. At Canberra at that time, we'd sort of been a side that would make the top eight one year and then sort of not make it the next, but make it the, the top eight the next year and sort of then we'd drop out again. And, and going down there, they'd, they'd, you know, been sort of always in the top four. And Yeah, and, um, the, and one of the years you played, they made the grand final, you know? Yeah, well, no, sorry, but both years. They yeah, made both the, years they made it, sorry. 2016, they made it um, and lost to Cronulla. Cronulla and then 2017... Um, yeah, I was lucky enough to play sort of through that middle of the year in that origin period and then um, watch the boys go on and win it. And, um, you know, that was sort of obviously, even though I didn't play, I wasn't really part of the, the game day squad. It was it was a great experience, um, especially because I'd been the year before and, and, and saw the boys lose. So yeah. it was great to see the boys win. And I, at that stage, I knew I was leaving. So it was a great way to sort of end my time at the club. Yeah, for sure. Um I guess there's only a few more questions um, left yep. that I've that I've got typed up. Um, first of all, what job do you think you'd be doing if you hadn't have cracked it in the first grade? Oh, I don't know. I, I actually, um, I, I went to university uh, when I was at Canberra. I was, was sort of at that stage, I'd finished school and was only playing um, SG ball. Yep. Uh, and sorry, I, I sort of, I'd got a, a you know a junior contract for, for sort of three years as I end, ended year twelve, and I decided that if I was going to stick around Canberra, then I'd you know do something um, mm-hmm. useful and and sort of got a got a university degree, and I, I, I sort of went into sports science thinking that I'd do strength and conditioning um, after if, if footy didn't didn't pan out that way, but I I just by chance, I had the good enough marks to do a double degree and do sports management as well. And oh, wow. um, I actually enjoyed that side of the degree more. So, and then I sort of worked out how hard the strength and conditioners work and and the hours and sort of you know it's <laughs> you're like no, most no, weekends no. Of all of winter and um, you know sort of all the summers taken as well and. Um, I sort of thought, you know, this, these guys work work too hard for me. But <laughs> yeah. I think um, I think now that I've sort of I, I I'd actually uh, finished the degree the year I debuted, and I sort oh, of wow. thought, you know, now I'm I'm going to play NRL, and I'm going to have a university degree. I'll be a slam dunk to get a job in the sports industry oh, when I yeah. you know eventually retire. But it was funny in in, in 2017 when I when Melbourne had sort of told me that they didn't have a spot for me the next year I I actually struggled to pick up a another contract for about three months and um, by that stage I'd started applying for a few jobs and yep. and like I said I, I'd, I'd thought you know if I've got a degree and I've played first grade I'll, I'll be a slam dunk and I actually started a few jobs that I did apply for I started getting feedback that I had no experience oh. um, you know You're so joking. which which is, which is funny, but um, you know, because I, I was thinking, well, how am I going to get experience? I've been trying to play NRL, you know. But yeah, it was it was a blessing in disguise because I picked up the South Sydney deal, you know, sort of late in the piece, and and by that stage, I, I'd been knocked back from a few jobs. So I spoke to my partner, and we said, oh well, let's go give it one last crack, you know. And who knows 
what might happen. And when I did come to the club, I, I went and spoke to the welfare guys and said, you know, this is what's happened to me in the last few months. I'd love to to get some experience working at this club. If this is going to be my last 12 months in the NRL, I, you know, I want to be able to get a job afterwards. Yeah. Um, and, and the club was really good. I sort of showed me the other side of the football, um, of a football club and let me work, you know, on my days off in the commercial team. And, yeah, wow. Um, you know, they've got a, obviously, a, you know, they're a well-run club. They've got a lot of members and most years they turn a profit. And it was great to, um, to see how those, those guys work. And it was actually, you know, I actually ended up, um, through doing, doing word of mouth and doing a good job in there. I got offered a, a business development role part time, oh, um, wow. which I'm, which I'm, which I'm doing now. And, um, you know, I've been, been able to get sort of get a second income, which is, which has been really good for me and, uh, helping me, helping me set up, I guess, you know, my post footy options, um, yeah, because I remember yeah. I remember talking to um, Adam Bulno, who yep. was at the East Tigers. Um, he was he was a forwards coach up there in Melbourne, or obviously um, have an affiliation with them. So I, I I was going up there when when Melbourne had sort of said we don't have a spot for you, and he was saying yeah. that he um, he sort of didn't he sort of didn't really do much towards the end of end of his career, and you know one day he woke up and he was retired, and he didn't know what he was going to do and the only job that he could get that um you know was going to pay similar to footy was going to work in the mines and he oh. said he did that for a couple of years and he was like this is not what i want to do for the rest of my life um i think now he's in he's doing a you know a bit of welfare um yep. stuff with athletes and uh, i think he might be with the queensland institute of sport up there but you know he that sort of getting that advice and and being in that position that i was in sort of um made me you know a, i guess a bit more smarter with with what i was doing with my time away from footy and, it, and yep. it's funny i've actually started playing the best footy i've played in my career has been at south and it's i've had something to do on, on my time off so it's it's funny if people say that you know if you're happy off the field and you've you know you're doing stuff away from footy it, it, it's beneficial then your form will be good yeah yeah, for me, it definitely has. Well, I mean, the proof's in the pudding, mate. Like, you've played 40 games for the Bunnies, uh, which is twice as many games as you played with your other clubs in general in just a yeah. short span of two years, you know, being at the Bunnies, yeah. which definitely, yeah, that, there's definitely some truth to, to, to that um, saying, yeah, 100%. And honestly, mate, con- like, congrats on, you know, getting that, you know, and figuring that out because, as you said, a lot of players... Uh, when they retire, they they don't have a backup plan. Like a, a lot of them do. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. there are also a lot of ones that you know either have only just set the wheels in motion, like towards the last yeah. few months of their career, or like without a mono, like they go a few years and you know working as a labourer or doing whatever because they don't you know they didn't really set up a pathways for themselves into retirement. So it's good. Yeah, good I, to hear that you're doing I that. Think, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I think it's. Um... Yeah, it's one of those things that you know we definitely, as footballers in general, do get paid paid well, and you hope that the guys that do get those big contracts, um, you know, are smart with their money and set themselves up for for life after footy. But you know, there's also a lot of guys that are sort of on the fringe and getting paid okay money, but they're sort of you know it's, they're not they're not getting those big million dollar or half million dollar contracts mm. that people see in the paper. I think the um, 
I, I don't know if you've seen it, but Isaac um, John did a did a video the other week, and, yep. he, and he, yeah. he said that forty five percent of the NRL NRL are on one hundred and fifty grand or less. Yeah, um, well, yeah, 100% you know, so, so it is. It is. Um, it is important for those guys to sort of use their time, and and you know, I, I think at, at South Sydney, they've got so many great sponsors and great contacts that want to help players out. Um, you know, and if players do have a passion, it's an easy sort of get you get your foot in the door and if you do a good job you know like it, it's it's funny it's probably something you know as a young guy you don't you sort of i don't, I don't think you take it for granted but you're just enjoying the ride the the, the nrl sort of journey and it's you know as, as you get older i think it's, it's you've got a great opportunity to, to use your club and the contacts to sort of just Put, get your foot in the door at some organisations and get a good name for yourself and help yourself out um, post footy, especially as I said for those guys that don't get paid the real big dollars of um, some some other guys. And um, you know, I think that helps that transition because you probably you know you don't, you're not going to have the the name of a you know a state of origin player or an Australian player to fall back on. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah, honestly, you really hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, one last question slash talking point yep. really is uh, what advice do you have for any youngsters and in particular coming from country areas like CRL sort of type um, would you give to them who are aspiring and hoping to make it in like the big rugby league or any professional sport really in general I think uh, I think in, definitely um, the big word I take out of my journey is perseverance mm-hmm. Um I tell I tell this story all the time. We when when we were um, you know, the, one of the first weekends uh, as a squad when I was at the Hale Mats um, in Canberra. So yep. you know, we were all fifteen year old guys. It was you know a couple of weeks before Christmas, and um, there was probably at that stage thirty or thirty five blokes in the squad, and they called all the all the parents in to come in this Saturday morning before we trained, and they basically said. You know, as a as a club, the Canberra Raiders were had a pretty good um, strike rate of turning sort of junior development players into first graders, and and they said we we're, we're sort of running at about seven or eight percent um, at the moment. So they sort of said, look around this room. There's only going to be two or three guys in this room going to play first grade. And I remember look, at the time looking around and thinking, well, there's Shit. fifteen guys in here that are better than me. So what chance do I have? But um, you know, I think. A lot of guys at 14 and 15, there's still you see it all the time. Like guys, some guys don't hit their their peak till 25. You know, yeah. and if you've got that dream and you know you're willing to to do the hard work, you never know when when things might um, might happen for you. And you know, like like my like we've spoken about, I sort of I think it's 28 games in my first seven seasons in a first grade squad and. Um, there was definitely times I thought about giving up, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I love playing footy and I love what I do, and I, I kept coming back to the, the fact that I've worked too hard to just give up. And if there's a team out there that's willing to give me a crack, I'm going to have a have a go. And um, luckily, luckily enough for me, I found a bit of a home at South Sydney. But yeah, for for any, especially being a country guy, it's obviously going to be harder. Um, to, to be seen and and you've got to make that big move unless you go to Canberra like I did you've <laughs> got to make the move to, to the big smoke um, and and yeah you've just got to persevere and and if you've got that dream and 
and you want to play first grade, and, and you just never know when it might happen for you. Well, for sure, and um, proofs in the pudding with yourself. You know, you as you were mentioning, you know, they don't really. Um, you know, some blokes don't hit their peak until 22, 25, you know, um, sort of thing, whereas some hit their peak 14, 15, some 19. Um, like one of my mates yeah. uh, who I went to school with, Matic Avalu, he plays at the Roosters. He didn't get his first grade debut until two years ago when he was 25, you know. Um, yeah. and, and that's just how it is, yep. you know. People get picked and hit their peak soon. People don't, you know. Um but yeah, honestly, thank you for that advice to any youngsters that are listening because I do know, you know, parents listen to it and they have kids and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so thank you very much for your time. Um, and I'll definitely uh, get you on at the end of the season for like a Rabbitohs recap about how you thought your season went and how the team went as a whole sort of thing. Yeah, sounds great, mate. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me and giving me...